nephew is still in the military and he's on the ground and he's been to several places and he once was transporting a very large vehicle. I know the military has very large trucks, larger mm -hmm. than you can even imagine if you see the trucks on the road. And I remember he stopped by once on his trip. And as he drove that through the street near my house, I'm like thinking, is this going to go well? And he was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I've done this in worse circumstances than this street. That thing was huge, huge. <laughs> I don't even drive big trucks. My husband's got a big Ram 1500, a big truck, and I won't even drive that unless it's to move out of my way <laughs> when he parks it behind me. <laughs> yeah, no. And I've learned a lot from both my nephew and other people that I know that they'll work for the military. So yeah, it is an, a fascinating place. But let's jump to what you're doing now, because I was very fascinated with the knowledge. A knowledge yeah, knowledge mindset. management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have no idea what is knowledge management. Well, Simply knowledge management is knowing what to do with the information that either your people or your systems tell you. So if I'm working a project and somebody tells me that I've exceeded the cost or I've gone over schedule, the knowledge that I would have is that, oh, I know how to correct this or I know what that means. I know it means I'm spending too much or I'm not doing stuff adequately to stay on schedule. So you can also look at it as just the practice of knowledge sharing, knowledge transferring, knowledge capture. Because we use knowledge capture in business development a lot. So when you're building a proposal to win a contract, you want to know who knows who, you know, what are they doing, who the current contractor is, does the customer like the contract that they're doing? So all that's all that falls under knowledge management. And that's not even the AI or the RPM, the artificial intelligence or anything like that. Because that's what I focus on is I focus on the human-centric side of it, you know, what people can do rather than what technology does. Yeah, I'm also curious, like, what type of organizations uses this type of approach? Well, I mean, really, every organization can use it. It's like communication. You want to have people talking, but knowledge management, if you have a lunch and learn where you're sharing what you know for an hour, that's knowledge management. If you sit there and show somebody on-the-job training, show them how to do a process, that's knowledge management. You know, like I said, when you're doing business capture for a contract, that's knowledge management. So every organization has a need for it. The problems that I see are like smaller agencies, independently owned agencies or family businesses, you know, where all of a sudden the child doesn't want to take over the business. Well, the dad or the mom or the grandparents who have the business, they have all that knowledge. They understand exactly how to run it. Well, what are they going to do? Were they going to tell, you know, somebody to take over the business if nobody who's been working there wants to take it over? You know, how are they going to train somebody to take over the business so that it keeps the reputation of a good business? So I'll give you one example. My sister used to work for this insurance agency and she left and her boss was trying to figure out who could do what she was doing. And there's a lot of stuff he didn't realize she was doing. So, you know, if you had a knowledge management system or practice in your company, you know, you would have a process where maybe somebody would have a log where they have to put, where they talk to customers, kind of like a customer relationships management system, you know, or just log it in an Excel spreadsheet that they've spoken with this customer and this is what happened. You know, it's just a way of knowing what's happening. You know, cause you gotta, you gotta worry about if you're going to get hit by a bus because <laughs> people do things happen or things like this right now with COVID, you know, when it first happened, people are losing jobs and, you know, so you had organizations that they lost their personnel and they still had to survive. So 
what happens if they don't know what the person was doing or they don't know everything the person knew about the work they were doing. So that's why knowledge management is important. So it really applies to everybody, but not a lot of people want to have a knowledge management system or practice because they think it's going to cost a lot of money to start it. And it really doesn't have to. Yeah, I still remember my corporate job or one of my corporate jobs that I was the only one that did the IT and the IT knowledge. And I had Mm -hmm. built it in those three years that I worked there. I'd build a network. I had built procedures, standards, methodologies to support right then because it was at a teaching hospital and they were new to digitalization. They were new to IT. They were literally just working off paper back then and making that transformation to digital electronic patient records, even digital x-rays. And I was the only one that was supporting one of the biggest business units as an IT, <laughs> but I announced that I was going to leave and they were like, okay, but someone has to take it over. Can you sit down and make a list of everyone that you know and what your relationship <laughs> is with them? I'm like, guys, I'm with one leg out of this organization. You should have asked me this six months ago before I was yes. even thinking about leaving. Because then I would be in a state of mind to be able to do so. And I even said, I'll give it my best shot. Just bear in mind, everything that I know, I can tell you, but it probably won't be everything. And my network is they're connected to me as a person. I've built and nurtured those relationships. I can give you a list of names, but when you call, they're going to say... And who are you? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it requires ex- nurturing. So if you had told me this six months ago, I would have introduced you, I would have brought you with me. You could have started to warm up that relationship. But what you're asking me now is almost impossible to do because you have to start from scratch. So yeah, it's yeah. very important of most, especially larger organizations don't realize the importance of knowledge management and making sure that they make that translation because you never know each and every one of us has implicit and tacit knowledge. Yes. Things that are not in handbooks, things are not in systems, but are between the six inches, you know, <laughs> ears. Yeah. And that's why on LinkedIn, like the past five weeks, I've been putting these short guides. If I remember right, I do so many of them now, but the short guide I did today was how to start up a KM program. And I talk about, you really need a person in charge sponsor to help you because you got to get buy-in. And you got to make it the what's in it for the organization, because if you can't explain to the C-suite why it's important or what knowledge could be lost if you left today, or if a department had to leave or if they downsized, they're not going to care. It's really, the concern is always about the money, but if you can tell them how they can save money or how they can retain people, you know, just, it's really important. And I wish I could just say a little more, I guess, more succinctly, but it's so important. I used to work in a bank in risk management Mm -hmm. and uh, everything was around making sure things like that don't happen where especially you have a lot of things around business continuity and uh, operationally, if anything goes wrong, we got to have plans (laughs) and and sort of strategize around it before things happen, right? And I think most organizations don't get around to doing that. And it's not like a one-off, right? It's it's also Mm -hmm. a, a cultural thing. Yes, it's very much a cultural thing. And so I encourage people to, as part of their organizational culture, just like change management or communications, because if somebody decides to leave, like Lubin said, their mind is already half out the door. They're ready to leave. They're not going to be thinking about, oh, hey, I got to tell everybody everything. Let me sit down for the next 12 hours and write like half a day's worth of work because it's just not the way to do business. So, you know, when you got somebody that's going to retire, you may know months in advance, but 
when you're getting ready to fire somebody, don't tell them you're going to fire them today. You know, sit down and start training before you fire them. Because once you say goodbye, they're done. They're not going to care. They're not going to come back either and tell you, hey, I forgot to tell that person this thing. You know, when I left my last job, as much as I loved it, I was there seven and a half years and I was ready to go. And so once I put my notice in, I felt this big, enormous sense of relief and my excitement for going to my, my next job. And I really didn't think too clearly about what to pass down. So I was just passing down tasks that had to be done. I wasn't thinking about, oh, hey, these are people I know to do this. You know, even though knowledge management was one of the things I did for the company, I did four years as a knowledge manager for that company. And it's just, you got to figure out a way of collecting that knowledge and make people feel, because you want to keep people there. So you want to make them feel like they're valued too. You know, it's not just about writing things down. Because the relationships that Lubna had, people, they probably never recovered when she left. No, 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 they didn't. And I knew that because they knew what they got from me. Mm -hmm. And we worked together. They knew my reliability. They knew my knowledge. They knew what they could ask of me. And I had credits with them. And the next colleague didn't have that. So I knew that even if I made that list... It wouldn't help because you need to start from scratch. It's one of the reasons why in the, my next job, I made sure there was always minimum one colleague next to me that works with me. As we are creating that knowledge and in through collaboration, there was at least one another person that knew at least some of the things that I was doing. Yep. It might not be everything, but at least there was something. And every three years or something, as soon as I got bored with a certain topic or a theme that I was taking on projects, I was like, okay, who wants to take over? This is a business in a box. I can connect you with people and I can give you this business in a box and you'd be able to grow it in the next three years. But I've set the foundation. You just have to commit to wanting to invest those two to three years because it's building those relationships are going to make sure that is sustainable to the future so cindy i'm also yeah. mindful it's both is it cindy or cynthia yeah i just uh, noticed you have oh I, I use cynthia j young when i'm writing <laughs> and you know basically because i'm trying to trying to use seo to my advantage so i put in C- cynthia j but yeah i go by cindy okay. you know it's fine either one I kept like, I've used They're both, both my names. Yeah, I've, I've used both of them. And I'm like, well, what am I doing? Which one is <laughs> So I better ask. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm mindful that a lot of the audiences that listen to our podcast are entrepreneurs. And we've mm-hmm. been talking about the importance of knowledge management for large corporations. And I can absolutely, having worked for a large corporation, see the benefit of even done some knowledge management processes and projects in, in those types. What would the translation be to a solopreneur or an entrepreneur with a small team? Honestly, I'm a solopreneur and I'm terrible. I mean, I have a Kanban board up on my my desk. I'm looking at right now. It's got little post-it flags with reminders to do, doing and done. But I haven't written on anything I've been doing. (laughs) I mean, I keep telling myself I'm doing what people I want to hire me, you know, are probably doing. Just saying, well, when I hire somebody, I'll tell them then what I'm doing. That's too late. And I know it's too late, but I have so many other things I'm trying to get done that I'm telling myself, oh, I can do it later. But it's a bad habit of mine. And I'm probably hypocritical about doing that. But yeah, I don't have anything written down. That's <laughs> I think it's a real challenge because I'm running a podcasting agency. And Lumna okay. knows this because Lumna's <laughs> always chasing me for the edits. Right. Yeah. The project manager I'm, coming out of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 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 I, I've just been 
having my first team meeting where I've got everyone in my team come together and like actually explaining all the things that I do that they don't see and like trying to yeah. get people to to actually like to not be the bottleneck of the business which is exactly what I am right now and so yeah. it's a challenge I think for entrepreneurs moving from a single person to like a team and getting that team together and I think my sort of background of being in having done the risk management roles really help but I think it's a real challenge because it's not just the mindset I think a lot of it is actually like leadership but also processes and systems and mm-hmm. so a lot of things has to come together and I'm sure it's not yeah. an easy task and I'm, I'm like okay I, I've got so much to do like, uh, you know I, f- I, I definitely feel that overwhelmed sometimes I was just talking to my friend because she got me this adjunct professor job at a university. And so she's going to be teaching the on-site class and I'm going to be teaching asynchronous class. I'm teaching online. So I'm creating videos and we're talking about what we're going to be doing. And I said, I told her the other day, I said, you know, I'm so overwhelmed. I got all this stuff going on. I thought I had all my stuff in one sock. And right now I've just got a lot of stuff to do between my full-time job and my business. And she told me she's taking the weekend off by going to a hotel. So her husband and her son are going to be at home. She's going to be at a hotel catching up on what she's got going on because she just recently left, left her corporate job to run her own business. She's been doing that for about a year now. So it's nice that I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And I think it's a bigger challenges for solopreneurs and small business owners because mm-hmm. they are so focused on working in their business. And knowledge management is something that is in the category of working on your business. Yeah. It's thinking about how am I running this business? How am I doing this thing? What are my standard operating procedures? And we tend to not think about them because they're thinking, oh, well, it's only me and I've got those hats and I've right. this specific group of tasks to this person. So that's manageable. But as you are growing and whether you want to grow in team or you want to grow in terms of impact and reaching more people, it's going to become more and more important. So the more that you focus and you balance between working in your business and working on your business, where knowledge management, in my opinion, resides, then it is more easier. Another thing that I just thought about is A lot of the entrepreneurs are now learning online business to build an online business. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I shared most about your online business is package your knowledge, package (laughs) it so you can serve one too many. So you are already using the skills that are very valuable for knowledge management, delivering on your products and services if you are packaging your knowledge. Now, the issue is how can we translate those skills and habits when working on your business, because then you've got the magic. And I think a lot of people get overwhelmed and maybe frustrated or stuck and think, I can't start that knowledge management program right now because I need to figure out how am I going to do this? If you think about, you're already doing it. If you're packaging your knowledge in terms of online courses, webinars, Mm -hmm. masterclasses, then you already have the skills and the knowledge to do so. You just have to reframe it as, okay, what am I doing when I'm working on my business and what do I need to register to make sure that if you ever get under a bus god forbid but you never know or you want to sell your business at some moment in time you may not be thinking about it right now but you never know that the value is in the knowledge management well and ironically enough I, I built the knowledge management program 
And, you know, it went well, but not well enough for what I wanted to do. So now I'm repackaging it. I'm adding stuff to it and I'm learning. I actually enrolled in a class to learn how to build a funnel. And so (laughs) to do all electronic stuff, because I don't know how to do any of that. I understand the theory behind it, but, you know, so that program is going to be out in August, but I'm doing that so I can have something happening in the background while I'm doing stuff. But that's exactly what I'm doing for that program. I'm teaching people in different modules how to do mapping, you know, whether it's knowledge mapping, mind mapping, value stream mapping, you know, whatever. And then, you know, other tools that they can use that aren't specifically KM, but they're used in KM. Because, yeah, in the military, we always had the forceful backup. So we always had people working that could take over our job if we wanted to take leave or if we had to get underway for something and we were standing watch. But, you know, when you're a solopreneur, no one's there. And so my husband asked me, you know, who does your social media? I'm like, I do. (laughs) He goes, how do you do that? I'm like, Canva. (laughs) Canva and Camtasia. So, you know, I'm on Canva all the time. Yeah. You know, but it's, you know, shout out to Canva. But um, (laughs) it's me doing it. I don't think my husband realized everything I'm doing. But thankfully, he goes plays golf every weekend so I can focus on the business over the weekend. So, (laughs) you know. Oh, awesome. Cindy, so the last question that we ask our guest is, mm-hmm. based on your expertise of knowledge management, what would your top three to five tips would be for our listeners? Okay. Well, the first tip would be to know that knowledge management doesn't have to cost money and that they can implement it without having a program. I would like to see every organization have a program, but you don't have to have a program to implement it. You can just talk to somebody, mentor somebody, kind of like what you're talking about with people when you're turning over things, you know, so start off knowing that you don't need a program to do it. If you have a program, make sure it's written as part of the business processes so that it can be shared. Somebody can go in their business process. If they're learning about the company or in the company, they know basically what to do with whatever tool they have. The third one would be be open to mentoring. Don't forget that those conversations you have with somebody in the hallway or in the break room, those are knowledge management opportunities. Let me see. I used to get to three and I get stuck. So four, you know, know that knowledge management is a transferable skill. You have to learn how to manage knowledge. You can't just say, well, pass me in minutes and that's everything. Because write down minutes, you should write down minutes at meetings. But, you know, unless that you can explain to somebody what they mean, people aren't going to understand. Yeah. And then the fifth thing is really project management related. And that's share your lessons learned and find your lessons learned before you start your project. Go to the program managers or project managers before you who maybe work on something similar to find out what, what went wrong. And it may be the risk of mitigations, you know, what risks actually happened and, you know, how did you fix it? Or did your mitigation plan work? Yeah. So there's five. Awesome. Cindy, <laughs> thank you so very mm-hmm. much for those five tips. If people yeah. want to connect with you, where can they do that the best way? Well, best way is on LinkedIn. I'm under Dr. Cindy Young, or they can just look me up at cjyoungconsulting.com. Okay, awesome. We'll make sure that we add those links to the description of it. Woon, do you have any parting questions or comments? No, I mean, I think it's been fascinating topic. I have never heard of KM. And so I think it's such an important thing for organizations to have. So I'm inspired to check out more of this branch of knowledge. Well, if you, think, if you think about librarians, they are the ultimate knowledge managers. Ah, oh. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Wu. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Strategy Club podcast. We would love, love, love to know what has been your biggest takeaway from the conversation with Cindy. Do take a moment and share it with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneurs Strategy Club. You'll find the link to this group in the description with this episode. And as always, if you know someone who will benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them. And if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner who likes or loves sushi, consider being our guest on the next episode. We would love to have you. Have fun for now, and we will see you on the next one. Bye.